The Blaze Radio Network. On demand. 2017 is going to be a volatile economic year. We may see politicians throughout the world attempting to control central bank policies. Several renowned financial analysts have warned that political interference in central bank policies may mean our economic misses of inflation and growth targets. Gold is an international currency that can't be issued or controlled by governments. If you don't have the only hard currency that has outlasted every politician and every failed idea of governments for centuries, you need to speak to Goldline right now and learn how easy it is to add gold to your portfolio or IRA. Now is the time to diversify your financial portfolio by adding gold. Call 1-800-913-GOLD. Buying real gold is easy and fast at Goldline. And you're going to be happy that you finally made the call. 1-800-913-4653. Goldline also offers price protection against short-term market fluctuations on qualifying purchases. So buy with confidence. Read Goldline's important risk information and find out if buying gold is right for you. Call Goldline. 1-800-913-4653. You're listening to Pure Opelka. This is Pure Opelka. With Mike Opelka. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. Hello, Stunt Brainiacs. It's Monday. Yes, another Monday. I know, I know, I know, I know. You made it through the weekend. How was your Mother's Day? I hope it was fantastic. I hope if you were with mom, I hope it was great. If you were away from mom, you better have called. You better not have brought Gas Station Flowers. That's the name of a new band, I think, Gas Station Flowers. Just saying. And uh, we, we not, when is the next big holiday? Oh, Memorial Day weekend, just around the corner, right? And then Father's Day. And then 4th of July. And uh, yeah, Flag Day in there too. I know, I know. Someone's going Flag Day. Don't forget Flag Day. Flag Day. Of course. The president is, uh, has a very busy week this week. He's going to meet with a lot of world leaders today. He is honoring fallen police officers as, as May 15th is, is always National Police Officers Memorial Day. There were 143 officers in 2016, who gave up their lives in the line of duty. And uh, that's too many. One is too many. We, we will go uh, and try and grab some thoughts from the president. He's speaking right now. He just started as we were getting ready to hit the airwaves, so he couldn't just tap into it. Vice President Pence is there. It's a big crowd out on the, on, on the lawn outside the Capitol. So... Terrific for the president. I have some thoughts about the virus, the wanna cry malware that is still engaged and still striking everywhere. And I'm just going to tell you two things. Back up your damn data, number one. Just back up your data. You can do it to the cloud, that's cheap. And if you're still connected to the internet, it's not that difficult. And number two, if you're using a Windows machine, and I know some of us have machines from our work and some of us have machines at home, and sometimes that means different platforms. We have some Windows machines at home, and most of the machines from work from the Blaze are Apple. So we have different machines. The, the Apple, which does get 
targeted, but not nearly as much as Windows. The Apple machines are less likely, but we still upgrade and we still update and we still back up on a regular basis. If you got the notice in April from from uh, Microsoft that said, hey, there's a problem and we made the patch for it. If you didn't download the patch and you got the message, uh, your computer's been taken over, whose fault is it? Yes, it's the NSA's fault for making the software. We'll get into that because I want to ask Dr. Wendy uh, the question of legality. This morning, this, this uh, WannaCry ma- malware hit over 44,000 computers in China and shut them down. Reportedly, 400 universities in China got hit. And there's no way to know just how many people that affected. But it's, it's still out there, despite the story. Glenn told the story of the guy who triggered the shutdown of the malware. But the reality is, once his, his fix was noticed, bad guys can get a hold of the stuff and just basically rewrite the code so it doesn't go away. It absolutely does not go away. It doesn't change the reality that this this awful stuff is out there. But you you need to you need to update your system in order to make it stop here. And I think part of the reason why we don't have a whole lot here is probably because many people do update. We may be just a little more aggressive. So we are um, we're monitoring that story. I think this is a, a much bigger story than anyone thought. The fact that that uh, our NSA created software so they could use it to spy on other people, and then it got stolen <laughs> and turned around on us. Yeah, there's the irony is palpable, is it not? There was some really interesting stuff inside the Microsoft statements about it, too. Microsoft releasing releasing some statements saying that this this software from the NSA stolen and then turned back on us was kind of the equivalent of somebody getting their hands on a cruise missile. I don't think that's a an over exaggeration. I don't even think it's a tiny exaggeration. It's spot on. That's that's truth. But what about you know what? I, I wonder if we should call it. it. There are screenshots of people who've had their computers taken over. And I think they show the, um, the, actual, the actual phone number where you call if you want to unfreeze your computer. And according to some reports on CNN this morning, um, the computer hotline that you call to pay the 300 or 600 bucks to the customer service was reportedly really good. And they, they say because the, these, these hackers want to keep getting the money. The money is rolling in. The money comes pouring in when you shut down someone's computer. Because honestly, how much is your computer's access to all your files worth to you? Is it $300? It's probably the right amount in terms of how much time you would be hassled. 
And uh, if you if you say, well, you know, if I if I just pay, if I just pay the three or six hundred bucks, I'm not going to spend forty five minutes on the phone. I'm not going to have to go somewhere and get a new computer. I'm not going to need a new hard drive, all that stuff. So maybe it is worth it for people. And these guys are obviously pretty smart. They've thought about it. If you have been hit by this, if you are someone whose computer got hit by it, I'd love to hear from you. 888 That is the phone number. You can let me know if it's, um, if it's been a problem for you. And did you, did you actually pay the money? I don't know if anybody here would have done that. But there, there is a, um, I'm trying to find the link because I know there was a, a phone number somewhere. Most of it just has a link to a Bitcoin payment site. Bitcoin didn't really get helped or hurt by this. Bitcoin, when this first broke over the weekend, was about $1,729. And then it jumped up to 1761 It was in the 1750s today. Minor fluctuations for a $1,700 kind of stock equivalent. But if you, if you get the announcement from the, from the WannaCry um, virus people, from the malware, and I was saying it wrong on Saturday. That's why I'm over-accentuating over it. If you get it and, uh, and you get a phone number, I'd love to hear. But right now it looks like it may just be online. I thought they had a contact us number where you could actually call. Because wouldn't it be interesting, interesting to hear what they say? I think that would be fascinating. Absolutely fascinating. Because I'm sure now, do you give them? Do you, if you don't have Bitcoin and you want to pay off this, this software malware that has infected your machine, if you want to pay the $300 ransom, um, do you give them your credit card? Because isn't that opening up an even larger hole for you to fall into and disappear? I'm just saying. This is a, this is a crazy story. I think this is a much bigger story than, than we're actually giving it credit for. Much bigger. And you watch. You're going to see more and more and more on this. But again, I want to know. Since we created it, and Vladimir Putin is, is pushing this on us right now. Vladimir Putin is blaming all of this on America. Since we created it, are we going to be liable? In, in the international courts, let's say, let's say somebody had a billion dollars worth of business that it cost them. Will they be coming to us? And asking us to uh, make up the difference? Maybe. This leads me to today's vital question of the day. Do you update your computers as advised? And obviously this was done because of the WannaCry virus. WannaCry ransomware. And if you want to understand it, you know, you may or may not need to understand it. But you have to think of your computer as, let's say, a piece of land. And this is a fence around the land protecting you from animals or bad actors coming in. 
there's a hole in the fence. Microsoft figured out there was a hole in the fence, and they sent everybody a notice saying, hey, fix your fence. Here are the boards. Here are the nails. Just put it up. We'll even, we'll even help you. And if you didn't do it, now you're susceptible. So that vital question, do you update your computers as advised? Currently, only 44% of you say yes, of course. 15% say no. 27% say sometimes, which probably means no, but you're just a little embarrassed. And 14% of you are Mac users. And that's pretty much, I think, pretty much uh, in, in line with the breakdown of this audience in terms of who uses uh, PC, Windows PC type stuff, and who uses Macs. So interesting little survey. Join, join the conversation. Take, take the poll if you want. Also coming up today, last week, again, this audience, smartest audience on the planet, we talked about health care. Is it a right or is it a privilege? All of you decided it's a privilege. It's not a right. Well, now there's a gigantic stink around Miss USA. Who was asked that same question? And when she answered it honestly and I believe correctly, oh, it's going to cost her. So we'll get into that. Uh, there's some really dumb criminals out there. I've assembled some dumb criminal news. Saturday, I didn't get to the airline update. There's a new airline update. And in addition to the update we didn't have Saturday, United is back in hot water. Oh, United. What did you do? What did you do? We'll cover that. And, uh, of course, anything that's on your mind today on Pure Opelka. You're listening to Pure Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Are you worried about your mom or dad living alone in their house? Hi, I'm Joan London. Listen, I know how difficult it is to find senior care for someone you love. That's why I recommend a free service called A Place for Mom. They are the nation's largest senior living referral service. Call A Place for Mom today. To receive free information on senior living communities in your area, call A Place for Mom at 1-800-803-6951. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. This is killing me. I, I'm just talking about the computers and all the virus. And guess what happens? My computer, which, yeah, I was doing the superiority dance earlier, has, uh, has decided to give me the, the multicolored pinwheel of death. Oh, you're killing me, computer. I was going to play for you. A very special clip, but I'm going to hold it. Thank God I still have old-fashioned here. Yeah, that's paper. I have the original internet, the original information superhighway, otherwise known as the newspaper. And I pulled some stories from over the weekend that I wanted to share with you. I'm going to have to reboot my entire machine to get back to what I wanted to share with you. 
But as I said, thank God, I actually do hang on to uh, bits and pieces of things. This story, this story surprised me because uh, because I think if if I if I reported this, or if somebody came on and said they were they were going to do this, that there's, there's the computer automatically starting, and no, I didn't get taken over by the by the wanna cry ransomware. A year after, then Bruce Jenner announced the transition that Bruce Jenner was going to go through to become Caitlyn Jenner. A year later, something pretty incredible has happened to the name Caitlyn. Caitlyn, which was once a very popular name. I have a niece named Caitlyn. And uh, yeah, we have discussed how does it feel to have a name that's now suddenly very popular or at least very well known because of the Jenner formerly known as Bruce becoming Caitlyn. She's not happy. But there are, there are consequences to Jenner's action. A year after making the big change, Caitlyn, the name, has literally fallen off a cliff on baby names in 2016. They keep track of, you know, the the hottest baby names. And you can regularly go back and see when somebody like, um, when somebody like, let's say, Hillary Clinton makes it into the spotlight. So when she became Secretary of State, maybe you saw a bunch of Hillary's in newborns. When you see a, a, uh, a, like a Madonna, you saw a bunch of Madonnas. When you see uh, somebody like Faith Hill in the country world popping years ago, you saw a bunch of young girls named Faith. Well, now the name Caitlin has fallen way down the list. The, they do say at babynamewanted.com, Caitlin was already on a slight decline, but it has spiraled down into controversial territory. The number one name for baby girls in 2016 was Emma. I wonder if that's from Emma Stone. And then followed by Olivia, Ava, Sophia, and Isabella. So those are the top five baby girl names. Noah, number one top baby boy name, fourth year in a row. Four years in a row. And I, I don't know anybody who had a kid in the last three or four years that named it Noah. And I know lots of folks who had children, but it is in, in the boys' names. Coming in at number five is the name James. Up to number four is Mason. Coming in at number three is William. Number two is Liam. And as we've said, the number one song, the number one boy's name for the fifth year in a row, Noah. Uh, the word, Don, the name Donald. Donald dropped 45 points last year to number 488. So if your name is uh, Donald, if your your child's name is Donald, it was only the 488th most popular name. And I, I bet you're going, well, yeah, how did Hillary do? Those people on the left, even in baby names, Trump beat Hillary handily. Donald was at 488. Hillary 
fell out of the top 1,000. Top 1,000. Not even in the top 1,000 names. Hillary dropped out of the top 1,000 in 2009 and hasn't returned. I wonder where Barack is on the baby name list. I wonder. So, um, Caitlyn Jenner, the people at Baby Name Wizard basically giving you credit for not totally killing the name Caitlyn as a popular name, but Caitlyn has now fallen way down. But I still find this, uh, this other side more interesting. Donald drops 45 points to number 488, and Hillary slides out of the top 1,000 in 2009. What, gee, what happened in 2009? Hmm. Oh, yeah, that was the year after Obama beat her in the election. She kind of fell off the charts. When we get back, my computer's back. We'll get into the clip I wanted to play and so much more. I'm Pierre Opelka. Come on. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back to Pure Opelka. You know, we are watching the the three-judge panel on the Ninth Circuit Court hear the arguments for the reinstatement of Donald Trump's travel ban, but we don't expect any change out of the court in Seattle. We really don't. Uh, it's a liberal court. And this is probably just an exercise. So um, it's it's a uh, it's a basic situation that this is the next step to get somewhere. The very next step um, to the Supreme Court, ultimately. So we'll see. We're just keeping it on. I, I don't ex- expect anything big to come out of it. Nothing big. And by the way, the story I was telling you about. Caitlin dropping on the name chart and also Hillary falling off the name chart years ago in 2009. It's not even on the top 1,000. Donald is like number 488 or something. Uh, You know, at least you're allowed to pretty much pick whatever name you want. I think the only time America has ever interfered with someone naming their kid was when there, there was a couple in New Jersey who who tried to put the words Adolf Hitler into their child's name. And that got, that got shut down. But in France, you know, France, we all look at France. The left looks at France and says, oh, France is so great, right? The French, they're such free thinkers. You know, we should be more like France. Um, French authorities over the weekend stepped in and told a couple that their their baby's name was not not going to be allowed. They chose the baby's name, but it includes a letter in the word 
that they don't think is French enough. And yeah, I'm using air, air quotes. This is a couple in Brittany, which is Western France. And they chose their baby's name. But when they tried to register it, the name, which is a, a local dialect, a dialect, the Breton dialect, um, they chose the name F-A-N-C-H with a tilde over the N. And it translates into Francois, which is very French, right? Francois, you couldn't get much more French than that. But the local authority of civil registration called and said, uh, we cannot register the name as you have written it here. Uh, you'll have to find another name. The baby's daddy, Jean-Christophe Bernard, has been interviewed all over the radio because he, he's offended. We chose this name nine months ago and now they are unhappy? We are unhappy and angry that we have been told we cannot use it. The name is just a tad unusual. It's not unheard of. There is a, an author from the region uh, who spells uh, his name the first the same way, F-A-N-C-H with the tilde. Uh, there, there are a couple people with the history. Now, the, the letter N with the tilde is more commonly associated, obviously, with Spanish language. It exists in the traditional language of this part of France, in Brittany. The couple in question, though, say um, it's, it's not on the government's official list of acceptable letters. Right, we know. So how would you feel about America coming in and saying, okay, um, we don't want any names that we consider to be uh, not American enough? Not American, because that's what this is. They're trying to use the local dialect for Francois, and they've been told, no, you cannot. So just just a sidebar to the people naming story that we were talking about. Now, Miss USA, for the second year in a row, Miss USA has been named, uh, and the second year in a row from the District of Columbia. The District of Columbia, your brand new Miss USA is Kara McCullough, 25-year-old chemist who works for the government. Now, she, she's going to get all kinds of heat this morning, not because she is the second person from D.C., not because she is the, the, a person who works for the government. Kara McCullough is likely going to get shunned by many on the left, because when she was asked uh, one of the final questions at the pageant, she answered and, and didn't give the answer the left is going to like at all. And I'll, I wonder if they're going to ask her to step down. I wonder if Chuck Schumer will go up and ask Miss, Miss DC, who is now Miss USA, to step down because her answer is inappropriate. And will then either Miss New Jersey or Miss Minnesota, the top, the other two in the top three, will they be elevated to that position, that coveted position of Miss USA? Well, here was the final question. And uh, this, this may or may not have determined the answer of the, uh, the position of the winner. 
But I certainly wonder right now if she will be welcomed in the White House. I'm guessing after giving this answer, you're going to see uh, Kara McCullough get an invitation to the White House. Do you think affordable health care for all U.S. citizens is a right or a privilege and why? I'm definitely going to say it's a privilege. As a government employee, I am granted um, health care. And I see firsthand that for one, to have health care, you need to have jobs. So therefore, we need to continue to cultivate this environment that we're given the opportunity to have health care as well as jobs to all the American citizens worldwide. Part of me wonders if she misspoke. Because I think you could, you could kind of say that maybe she was saying it's, it's a right not a privilege. I wonder. Listen to that question again. Am I am I missing the point there? Did she actually get it right? Do you think affordable health care for all U.S. citizens is a right or a privilege and why? I'm definitely going to say it's a privilege. As a government employee, I am granted um, health care. And I see firsthand that for one, to have health care, you need to have jobs. So therefore, we need to continue to cultivate this environment that we're given the opportunity to have health care as well as jobs to all the American citizens worldwide. Some of that is pageant answer doublespeak, isn't it? She talked about all the American citizens worldwide. There's a lot of that in pageant answers. Am I wrong? You know she's going to get blowback just because she said it's a privilege. And she said she's granted health care because, because she has a job. And it's through her government job. I don't know. I think that uh, there may be some squishy turf there. Maybe just a little bit of squishiness. No? Am I wrong? Uh, tell me I'm wrong. You can either tell me at StuntBrain on the Twitter, or you can get a hold of me at 888-900-3393. I'm just, I'm still, I'm still not sure. But let's, let's watch and see, is there going to be blowback on this one? Is there absolutely going to be blowback on this one? Hmm. Uh, I have TV news around the corner. I know Glenn Beck was talking about, um, the uh, Tim Allen show that got canceled, despite the fact it's one of the top-rated comedies on ABC. There's uh, another news about a, a, a comedy series that was canceled after dismal sales. And um, there's more free speech news today that we have to get into. Plus, uh, as I mentioned, we're going to talk to Dr. Wendy uh, later today about the, the legality of, or if, will there be legal action against the United States because we created the global hack software that was subsequently released and unleashed on the world? We'll deal with that and more next on Pure Opelka. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Pelka with Michael Pelka on the Blaze Radio Network. 
told you it was going to be a busy week for the president in addition to vetting potential replacements for Jim Comey to lead the FBI. And we'll get into that because I think Lindsey Graham actually said something worth repeating today. The president's going to have uh, some pretty high profile meetings and and I think he's going to attend some some very important events like he did just under an hour ago as he appeared just on the lawn outside the Capitol for the National Police Officers Memorial Day event. 143 officers killed in the line of duty last year. 143. Too many. Too many. That, that thin blue line that protects us from madness deserves all of our attention and all of our respect. And the president talked about making sure law enforcement gets honor and respect in terms of how they are treated. I will make it the personal priority of my administration to ensure that our police are finally treated fairly with honor and respect that they deserve. Of course. We agree. We're, no one can argue with that. Nobody. He addressed some of the issues of the loss of life among those who serve in the ranks of law enforcement. Every drop of blood spilled from our heroes in blue is a wound inflicted upon the whole country. And every heartache known by your families in law enforcement is a sorrow shared by the entire family of the American nation. No one asked these selfless men and women to enlist in this righteous cause or to enroll as foot soldiers in the eternal struggle against crime and violence. They joined the cause because their hearts were big and full of amazing courage. They joined because they cared so deeply for the innocent and helpless and forgotten. President Trump speaking outside the Capitol today in a service honoring those who gave their lives protecting the rest of us every May 15th, every single May 15th. That's, uh, that's what that ceremony is. Uh, the president talked about the attacks, and lately I get, I get really distressed when I hear the attacks on police officers, especially those who are caught in ambushes. And I believe there was another one this past weekend. And more disturbing than anything, these attacks are to me. The attacks on our police are a stain on the very fabric of our society, and you are entitled to leadership at the highest level that will draw a bright line in the sand, not a red line in the sand that isn't gone over, but a bright line in the sand. And we will protect you, that I can tell you, and we will say enough is enough. I think you're going to see with the Department of Justice under Jeff Sessions, being just a, a tad more pro-police than it was in the last eight years. And I, I think that's, uh, that's really kind of an important thing to maybe reducing the number of attacks on men and women of law enforcement and maybe toning down some of the rhetoric. 
We must also end the reckless words of incitement that give rise to danger and give rise to violence. It is time to work with our cops, not against them, but to support them in making our streets safe, not to obstruct them, which we're doing. We obstruct them. It is time for all Americans from all parties and beliefs to join together in a simple goal to ensure that every child in America has the right to grow up in safety, security, and peace. True social justice means a future where every child in every neighborhood can play outside without fear, can walk home safely from school, and can live out the beautiful dreams that fill their heart. Like you, Micah. I don't know who he was pointing to, but uh, the president turning that that phrase and pointing to social justice when he talks about the right of every child to be able to grow up feeling safe, to be able to walk home from school without worried about being attacked. Uh, fascinating little twist there. Whoever the speechwriter was, really interesting little bit of uh, taking the phrase and taking the power away from the left. True social justice is not in the redistribution of wealth, but in securing the safety of every American and making sure law enforcement has the ability to do its job. You know, part of this is the the problem we witnessed out at Berkeley, where the cops are more worried about getting sued than they are about being able to do their jobs. We'll get into that. We'll get into the latest on uh, Comey. Uh, I've got, we have Dr. Wendy later in the show. It's a full show, so you have to come back. Pure Opelka. Opelka with Michael Pelka on the Blaze Radio Network. The Blaze Radio Network on demand. This is Pure Opelka with Michael Pelka only on the Blaze Radio Network. Well, 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 here we are again. Second hour of the show and um, craziness happening halfway around the world. And I have to address something. Glenn always says we should lead with our mistakes. Saturday morning on this show, I was all confident. I was feeling like, wow, we've, we've done some pretty cool, cool diplomatic work without being diplomatically connected to that bobo over in North Korea. We hadn't heard anything out of Kim Jong-un for so long. I thought, well, maybe China's doing its thing. Maybe China's squeezing a little bit. And, and I was predicting, and then you guys know, just bet, bet the other side of what I'm talking about. <laughs> I was predicting that... Um, that we were going to make some kind of a deal with Kim Jong-un, that we were going to be able to say, hey, he's going to sit down with us and we're going to have a discussion. And then we get word that Kim Jong-un has launched 
a new ground-to-ground intermediate ballistic missile, one that flew allegedly for 30 minutes before dropping into the, the sea between North Korea's east coast and Japan. This is the same area they consistently launch missiles. The Japanese are not happy. They said the missile could be a new type compared to the previous five unsuccessful launches carried out by the North Koreans. And uh, not happy about it because of the height it achieved and because the, it, it was also something that landed 60 miles from Russia. Do we think Russia's happy about this? I don't think so. I, I really think, I think Putin's got to be more nervous about this than we do. And you know Putin has got troops on the border. But I, I'm going to raise my hand right now and say, look, I was wrong. I thought we had uh, gotten something going and at least something moving forward with North Korea. And that maybe there would be talks. No, I don't think Donald Trump is going to sit down with Kim Jong-un. What I think is going to happen with North Korea, ultimately, if we do sit down, will be a Rex Tillerson-type negotiation, a Secretary of State-type negotiation. But I don't think you're going to send the president to sit down. This, it would just be insane to do that. And now that I've said it would be insane, watch. Watch what happens. But th- this is really kind of, kind of disturbing news. And they're saying that this, this latest missile launch could actually be the one that carries a nuclear warhead that, that they've gotten much better at crafting their, their rocketry and that the missile they launched on Sunday and tested Sunday could carry a large nuclear war, warhead, not a shrunken one. But this one apparently got as high as 1,300 miles and flew almost 500 miles. So this is a little disturbing. Now, do we know the red line in the sand on North Korea? I know there was discussion that if they were getting successful in their missile launches and that if they created a rocket that was big enough, big enough to uh, carry a a nuclear warhead that we would shut that down pretty quickly. But this one, this one getting up over 1,300 feet in the air and flying for 30 minutes, uh, that indicates, according to people in the science world, that the, this is an extended-range missile. And um, based on how high... It got up in the in the atmosphere or above the atmosphere. It could technically reach Guam, a U.S. terror, which is not good, not good for us uh, in any stretch of the imagination. So they're kind of halfway or a third of a way to an intercontinental ballistic missile. This one doesn't have the two and three stages on it. So uh, a little a little bit of a worry. The fact that North Korea continues to move this way, again, especially after I was predicting on Saturday, hey, we're making great progress with these people. No, we apparently are not. And our U.N. Secretary Nikki Haley 
was uh, absolutely uh, front and center on the Sunday morning talk shows about this. Uh, the the UN ambassador Haley spoke about how we're going to get a uh, how we're going to get a, a situation where the United States and North Korea will sit down and negotiate. Having a, a missile test is not the way to sit down with the president because he's absolutely not going to do it. See, I don't think, I really don't think that Kim Jong-un is going to sit down with Donald Trump. I, look, Mr. Trump has done a lot of wild stuff. But to sit down with this guy, the guy who destroyed a family member with anti-aircraft guns, if you want to see it, look it up. Rumored to have killed his own brother or ordered the killing of his own brother in order to protect his his throne. Haley continued talking about it. He can sit there and say all the conditions he wants until he meets our conditions. We're not sitting down with him. Yeah, well, I think that's that's a good policy to have out there in the middle of nowhere. That we should tell him you can talk to the wind all you want, sir. But until you come to the table until you show us that you are capable of behaving in the way the rest of the, the civilized world behaves, that we're not talking to you at all. There's a lot of sanctions left that we can start to do, whether it's with oil, whether it's with energy, whether it's with their maritime ships, exports. We can do a lot of different things that we haven't done yet, so our options are there. Our options are there, but what really are we doing? I think we need hard information on what we're doing. I think we deserve to know more because in the last, what, two weeks, we now heard that not only has North Korea continued its missile program, and now we have evidence of it from this last test, but they're also building these islands in the South Pacific the same way China has been doing. And anybody wonder where that technology came from? It seems like it's pretty obvious. Have we actually gotten China in line? Is China squeezing North Korea the way we would like them to squeeze North, North Korea? It doesn't feel like it, does it? Not when you have this kind of a test. And who's really at risk on this one, on this test? I don't know if it was China. It seems like it's Russia and South Korea. And South Korea and Japan probably worried more than anybody because I think Russia thinks they could crush the North Koreans pretty darn quickly. And the region threatened in Russia by the North Koreans, certainly not as populated as, as, the, uh, as, as Seoul, South Korea. So we've got, once again, we got this guy running out of control, a bad actor, uh, with with nobody pulling him back. So what what are we going to do? What are we going to do? Well, we're all busy trying to figure out what the hell happened with with Donald Trump and the FBI director and the investigation into Russia. We're all we're all worried about that, aren't we? When you've got this guy behaving badly and you've got a computer virus bouncing around the world. I'm just saying. Now, let's, let's shift over to the Jim Comey situation. Let's talk about the fact that Comey has reportedly said he will testify. He will come in 
and sit in a Senate hearing. He'll sit in a House hearing. He will testify, but he doesn't want it behind closed doors. He wants it all out in the open. And that based on the questions asked, if they do get into very sensitive situations on the topics, Comey has said they will, he will let you know, hey, we're in a, uh, we're in sensitive area here. We need to go into a skiff. The skiff is one of those secure rooms, so they would pause whatever they were doing, go into the skiff area. He would brief the members of the committee there, and they, they would come back and continue. But Comey wants it all out in the open. He wants it all to be heard by the American people, and I, I support that. So why not, people? Why not? Well, here, you're going to hear the continued push from the left to get the independent investigation. And I know I've said on this show, I support the independent investigation. I, I would stand up and say, okay, let's have an independent investigation into whether or not the Trump campaign had collusion with knowingly with the Russians. Because based on everything I've heard, there hasn't been any collusion. Based on people who've seen all the evidence, and, you know, Maxine Waters is among them, Dianne Feinstein is among them, and Lindsey Graham's among them. They have said they have not seen any evidence that would lead them to believe there was collusion. Graham was on Meet the Press on Saturday, on Sunday, and I think Graham gave a, a very clear statement when he was talking about the whole situation and how we should handle the investigation going forward. Right now, I do not believe President Trump is a target or subject of any investigation regarding collusion with the Russians. That's what I believe. But this tweet has to be answered. I would advise the president not to tweet or comment about the investigation as we go forward. The Russians did interfere in our election. I don't think they changed the outcome. I have no evidence of collusion. But the president needs to back off here and let the investigation go forward. We need to call Comey and get to the bottom of all of this. And I think it's time for an FBI agent to lead the FBI when it when you talk about a new person to yeah. lead the FBI I actually agree with Lindsey Graham circle this date May 15th Lindsey Graham and I agree on uh, we'll work backwards on the the FBI agent to lead the FBI I know I wanted Trey Gowdy but I think based on what we're hearing about the attitude and the the morale inside the FBI you need someone from their own ranks. And why not McCabe? Why not the guy? He already looks like a FBI director, doesn't he? Well, we'll see. We shall see. I, I, I'm nervous that the Trump administration is going to want to stay away from somebody who could be considered loyal to Jim Comey. And anybody you bring who has Trump loyalty on them, even in the tiniest bit, is going to get pushback from Democrats. Chuck Schumer isn't going to let that happen. But Lindsey Graham is telling us he didn't see any collusion, and he certainly looked into it. Maxine Waters, as, as we said, she has said she didn't see any collusion. She saw plenty of smoke. Oh, and we'll get into Maxine Waters just around the bend, too. There's more on anti-Max. Uh, but the, the former director of uh, intelligence, the national director of intelligence, James Clapper, was also making the rounds. And what gets me nervous is if 
if you watch Comey on Meet the Press and then on ABC with George Stephanopoulos and then on Fox News, he's saying the exact same thing, which means it's, it's talking points and it's practiced and he's not answering a question. He's just getting out his or their side of the story. I'll play those for you next on Pure Opelka. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Are you worried about your mom or dad living alone in their house? Hi, I'm Joan London. Listen, I know how difficult it is to find senior care for someone you love. That's why I recommend a free service called A Place for Mom. They are the nation's largest senior living referral service. Call A Place for Mom today. To receive free information on senior living communities in your area, call A Place for Mom at 1-800-803-6951. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back to Pure Opelka. Just a reminder, if you haven't done it, you need to do it. And what am I talking about? I'm talking about picking up the phone and getting a hold of my friends at Relief Factor. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, welcome to the planet. Because for the last, oh, this is the ninth week now. I have been taking an all-natural anti-inflammatory called Relief Factor. It has done amazing things for me, personally. I'm in my late 50s. I ran a lot of marathons. I, ran, I trained running half marathons. And for years and years and years, I beat the tar out of my knees. And just lately, they started hurting like crazy. And out of nowhere, Brad Staggs and... Doc Thompson go, hey, 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 hey. Your knee's bugging you? Yeah, thanks, Kreskin. Why don't you try Relief Factor? Call them, 800-500-8384. 800-500-8384. It is an all-natural anti-inflammatory. They package it so you just you put a bunch of the packs in your bag or your purse, and you breakfast, lunch, and dinner, take your Relief Factor, and guess what? Some seven to 10 days later, most people experience relief. People are tying their shoes. People are able to get up and down off the floor. People are able to see the, the, the swelling and inflammation in their joints suddenly decrease to the point where they don't need medicine. They get their lives back. I stopped taking over-the-counter pain medication one week into taking Relief Factor, and I have not gone back to it. I don't take prescription pills. I only take Relief Factor. You want information, go to relieffactor.com. Relieffactor.com right now. Or call them. Talk about the three-week quick start pack, $19.95. You will say, I wish I'd have done this sooner. It's called Relief Factor. Don't wait. 800-500-8384. I was talking about uh, James Clapper. The guy who was the uh, director of uh, national director of intelligence, kind of a high, highly ranked individual in our nation, right? A guy you would think has his 
his finger on the pulse of safety and security and interested in keeping the nation safe? I would think so. Clapper made the rounds this weekend and appeared in front of uh, no fewer than three different Sunday talk shows. But it's it always gets me that you have three very different angles on things. You have the very liberal NBC angle, you have the left-leaning CNN, and then you have the right-leaning Fox. And yet, Comey comes out with pretty much the same answers to questions on all of them. And to me, that, that just means somebody's repeating talking points. Here he was on Meet the Press, right here. And it's very uh, disturbing to me that uh, the, the negative morale impact this, this uh, event has had. Well, he's talking about the negative morale impact that the firing of, of the FBI director had. Because he knows the FBI director, he knows people inside the FBI. Our institutions are under assault, both externally, and that's, that's the big news here, is the Russian interference in our election system. And I think as well, our institutions are under assault internally. So he's talking about internally, which we know about externally. We know about the Russians, and the Russians are doing what we've tried to do for decades. But now he's talking about internally under attack. The Founding Fathers created a system of three co-equal branches of government and a built-in system of checks and balances. And I Yes, they did. Three co-equal branches of government. I feel as though that's... That's under assault and, and is eroding. Well, he's allowed to feel that way. Whether or not that's accurate is a different thing altogether. It would, came as a great shock to, um, and was very disturbing to uh, FBI employees. Well, yeah, it's, it's always disturbing if you happen to like your boss and your boss gets fired. But if your boss isn't doing their job and the person who's allowed to hire and fire them removes them, then that's kind of just tough cookies, isn't it? And maybe it is why Lindsey Graham wants a person from the FBI rank and file to take over as director. It's going to be a tough one for Trump if he didn't trust the director and called him a showboat and all those people are loyal to him. It might be difficult for the president to find someone in there. We'll get back to this after the break. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka. Oh, I got a few things I have to get to today. I got a few things just bubbling. We're talking about uh, Jim Clapper and his curious statements to um, all of the Sunday talk shows and pretty much all the same thing over and over and over again, which means it's talking points to me. And then I automatically discount it when I hear that. Ben Sass, Senator Ben Sass, who I think is on with Glenn Beck tomorrow, Unless I missed him today, but I think he's coming on tomorrow. 
Senator Sass was talking about the firing of the FBI director. And Ben Sass has some really interesting things to say, and he's a guy I respect greatly. Here are just a couple of his clips from yesterday. We need to talk honestly about our institutions that need to be restored and need to have the ability for people in five and eight and ten years to trust these institutions. So he's basically saying some of our institutions we no longer trust. The people don't trust them because we have suspicious things going on. We make curious statements. We tweet about things in the middle of the night. He talked more about Comey and the firing. People can think that he executed his job in all sorts of clunky and imperfect ways. That's a different question than whether or not he should have been fired the way he was last week. He makes a great point there. Comey, in the minds of many people, if you read the story on The Blaze about the survey, the latest Pew survey, in the minds of a lot of people, he should have been fired, just not fired the way he was. And you can take exception with the manner, but whether or not Comey deserved to be fired, I think most reasonable people believe Comey was not doing the job that we really wanted him to do. Witness the reaction from the Stephen Colbert audience, a very liberal audience, who applauded when they heard that Comey had been fired. And then Colbert had to tell him, Wait a minute, you're not supposed to react that way. Ben Sass had just a little more to say on the termination of FBI Director Jim Comey. I'm disappointed in the timing of the firing, but I want to preserve room that there's lots of reasonable reasons that people across the political spectrum can argue about the way the FBI leadership conducted its business in the 2016 cycle. Reasonable reasons about the way the FBI conducted its business during the 2016 political cycle. I, I'm very interested to hear more from Ben Sass. And I hope he's not one of these guys that once, once he gets entrenched in D.C., he sees that whether or not he can actually change something and gives up. He's the kind of guy I think we need more of in Washington, a guy who, who can dig in on principles. I had a story I have to get to you. I got a couple of airline stories and I wanted to, um, I wanted to just, I wish we could get United Airlines on some sort of hotline and just say, what are you doing, United Airlines? United Airlines, once again, in the news, uh, again, for not dragging a passenger off a plane, not throwing people uh, out of their seats, and telling them they can't fly despite the fact that they're flying towards their, their wedding and their wedding party is already there. No, this the latest screw-up with, with United Airlines happened on a flight that was going from Houston to Ecuador. And as now now get this. This is this is the, the nightmare of nightmares, I think, the latest. Because it hit everybody on the plane. It didn't hit just the um just the, the person, like the person who got dragged off that flight. This nailed every single person on this flight. I think it was flight 1035 from Houston to Ecuador. They load up the plane, and y you know what you're thinking. All right, you've got your ticket. You have your boarding pass. 
you paid the $35 extra so you could get priority boarding, right? First of all, priority boarding is not priority boarding. This, this already has me ticked off with the airlines. You, you pay the extra money so you can move up and get on the plane quicker and grab an overhead luggage compartment spot. And what do they do when they call your flight for boarding? Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to board flight 1035 right now. We're going to border, board the plane based on your boarding group. So please look at your look at your ticket now and check your boarding group. And I'm thinking, okay, I'm in boarding group one. I'm good. At this time, we would like to invite parents with children to board the plane, parents who need assistance with children. Okay, so that's a group. I'm not in group one. I'm already in group two. A few people scurry up. Okay, at this time, if there's anyone who needs a little extra assistance, if uh, you're wheelchair-bound and you need some help, uh, we'd like to board those people now. So now we have two groups, and I could, I could, I'm okay with both of those groups. Those are people who need it. And yet, we're still not moving into boarding group one. First-class passengers, you are welcome to board the plane right now, please. Our first-class passengers, welcome to United 1035. All right, I get it. First-class pa- passengers pay a lot of money to be on a plane, right? Yes. But I'm still, even if I'm in boarding group one on my ticket, I'm, I'm in boarding group four at this point. But I'm still not boarding. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, we would now like to extend a courtesy to any members of the U.S. military in uniform to board the plane. All right, I can't be mad at that one. But that still puts me now in boarding group five. Even though my ticket says boarding group one, I'm in boarding group five. Okay, okay. There's not that many people. First class isn't going to compete with my hopes to get the perfect overhead compartment open up to put my my carry on there now all the military people are on ladies and gentlemen at this point we would like to invite our platinum and gold members of our frequent flyer club to board the plane all right so now platinum and gold flyers and then the people who have the affinity card for the airlines so boarding group one is actually boarding group seven and now after standing there, after enduring the, the indignity of the TSA pat-down and the security gauntlet, and then standing in line and getting on the plane, and you wonder why people are fighting on planes after all this. They finally board boarding group one. It's actually boarding group eight, if you want to be honest with it. And you get on the plane and you hope to God that the people who managed to board ahead of you who might be sitting in row 35, didn't scarf up all of the overhead compartment storage because that's what happens. You get on the plane, everybody gets in, you get buckled in, we're ready to go. We pull back from the gate. Ladies and gentlemen, this is flight 1035. The captain is preparing to taxi out. We're going to be number 27 in line for takeoff. We should be taking off here pretty quickly. It'll take us about... An extra 20 minutes to get off the ground. But the uh, skies are clear and we'll make up time in the sky. That's great. I think they build in all of that delay in the departure and arrival time. So they can't be considered late, right? You know that's there. So now flight 1035 is out on the runway. 
they're about they're probably three or four planes away from taking off and heading from Houston to Ecuador. And that's just about the time somebody, somebody in coach pushes the button for the flight attendant. Ding, ding. Now, everybody's buckled in and ready to go. Flight attendants prepare for takeoff. But no, hold on. Somebody hits the button. A person in coach spotted a scorpion coming out of the clothing of another passenger. This is the second scorpion on a United Airlines flight in less than two months. And the last one reportedly stung the guy on the head while he was eating his meal. So what happens with this full flight headed to Ecuador? Ladies and gentlemen, we are going to be heading back to the gate. We have a minor problem we need to deal with. The plane loses its place in line, goes back to the terminal. They didn't just drag one person off the plane. Everybody had to get off the plane. Every single person. There was no report on whether or not they actually caught the scorpion. Every person was taken off the plane. You had to take your carry-on with you. You had to go out. You had to wait for another plane to get there and pull up. And then you had to go through the entire boarding process again. And what did United Airlines do for all of those passengers who were inconvenienced? They gave them a voucher for a free lunch. Isn't that wonderful? And you wonder why people are behaving like it's the end of times on the planes, why they're willing to get into fist fights on the planes, in the terminals. I feel badly for those people on 1035. I feel worse for the people who paid the extra money to be in the first boarding group, and they end up in the eighth boarding group fighting for space in the overhead bin. I long for the days when air travel was glamorous, luxurious, and everybody dressed. Like they were going to Easter, Easter Sunday services, not like they were going to a pajama party. All right. I'm, I'm, United Airlines, good luck. God bless. Maybe this just means you'll lower the fares a little bit more, especially on the flights with the, uh, with the scorpions. Where are the scorpions coming from? I got to take a break. We'll be right back. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka. Welcome back. And, you know, I get all wound up because I'm just ticked off about the way airlines treat people. Okay, I'm ticked off about the way airlines treat me. But that's a different story, mostly because I have a trip planned in a couple of weeks. And I'm not looking forward to going through that procedure that we just covered. SNL this, this year has had a massive year due to one one name and one name only, Trump. Donald Trump is getting credit for giving Saturday Night Live a massive infusion of new ratings. And um, they're, they're taking advantage of it. And they also are doing things that are not Trump-related 
that are more contemporary issue related? For example, did you happen to catch SNL this weekend? They did a, a parody on those Alexas, those, those voice devices that are in your house listening to you and allegedly answering you. This was the SNL, I think it was called the Echo Silver, and it was for seniors who don't quite understand how these devices work. The new Amazon Echo has everyone asking Alexa for help. Alexa, what time is it? What the hell is wrong with this blasted thing? Amanda! But the latest technology isn't always easy to use for people of a certain age. These kids done bought me a busted machine again. That's why Amazon partnered with AARP to present the new Amazon Echo Silver, the only smart speaker device designed specifically to be used by the greatest generation. It's super loud and responds to any name even remotely close to Alexa, so they can find out the weather. Allegra, what is the weather outside? It is 74 degrees and sunny. Huh? It is 74 degrees and sunny. Where? Outside. What about it? The temperature outside is 74 degrees and sunny. I don't know about that. The latest in sports. Clarissa, how many did old Satchel strike out last night? Satchel Page died in 1982. How many did he get? Satchel Page is dead. He what now? Died. Who did? Satchel Page. Uh, I don't know about that. Even local news and pop culture. Anita, what them boys up to across the street? They are just playing. They what now? They are just playing. You say they just playing now? Yes, they are just playing. I don't know about that. Parents of smart devices like your thermostat. Alessandra, turn the heat up. The room is already 100 degrees. Are you trying to kill me, Alize? The new Amazon Echo Silver plays all the music they loved when they were young. Angela, play black jazz. Playing uh, jazz. It also has a quick scan feature to help it's, them find things. It's wonderful, this commercial. I can't play the entire thing. If you want it, you can find it on the YouTubes under SNL. I should tweet out a link to it. Uh, and just in case anyone is listening with their Alexa at home, Alexa, turn all the lights off. I wonder if it ever works. I just wonder. I won't have one in the house. I just don't like the idea of the government putting a listening device inside my home. I could be, I could be my worst, <laughs> my own worst enemy, right? When we get back, Dr. Wendy is going to join us. Dr. Wendy Patrick, who will discuss some of the legal issues of the day. I want to ask her not only about the possible replacements for the FBI director, but if if the United States government could be on the hook for any of the damage done because a bit of evil software or code that we created was used to shut down computers all around the world in this ransomware scandal, are we going to be on the hook for all of those frozen computers? Maybe Dr. Wendy knows. Maybe she doesn't. We'll, we'll find out after the break. Opelka. With Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network.
The Blaze Radio Network. On demand. This is Pure Opelka. With Mike Opelka. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back to Pure Opelka's third hour of the uh, Monday extravaganza. You know, this show just sometimes flies by. I look up. It was noontime Eastern when we usually kick off the show. And now we're, we're just after two o'clock and we're, we're into the third hour. And I have I have more to cover. And like we do every Monday, we get to spend some time with our friend, Dr. Wendy Patrick. Uh, you've seen Wendy on television. If you if you are so inclined, you should pick up her book, which is called Red Flags and it. It points out how to recognize those frenemies in your life. You know, the people you need to cut out. But Wendy and I like to have discussions about just about everything in the world of the politics. And there's certainly been an ample amount of that since we last talked last Monday. Uh, Wendy, how are you doing, my friend? Good. You know, I don't know how you and I managed to narrow it down every week. There are just so many stories to choose from. Oh, the, today more so. Today is like political whack-a-mole. You know, I got the hammer and I'm just looking and boom, here comes Comey. And then boom, here comes the FBI replacement. And then boom, here comes the travel ban. And boom, it just, it's endless. I, I just, I, I don't know where to begin. So let, let's look at the, the latest news, which has the president saying the search for the replacement for Jim Comey is moving quickly. And you know me, I'm, I'm all for Trey Gowdy, but everybody goes, not going to happen because he's not bipartisan enough. And then we hear we hear things. We hear things like 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 um, Lindsey Graham said over the weekend that he thinks it should be somebody from inside the FBI. He thinks it should be somebody who um, has served uh, the agency already. Do you have a pick? Do you have an, an inside source on any of this? You know, I really don't. But one of the things that um, it's going to be definitely characterized by is there's going to be a sort of Neil Gorsuch flavor to it in terms of trying to find somebody not so far on the right or on the left. And, you know, that's going to be probably one of the things that um, President Trump has to spend the most time thinking about, because obviously you look at his list. There are some good people on the list. As you say, there's people with some experience. Um, and I know what you mean about Trey Gowdy. It is never going to happen, although he, he certainly probably could do a very good job. Um, but they are looking at, I mean, they're even looking at Andrew McCabe. They're looking at so many different people, but yet they only interviewed about eight over the weekend. So, and saying that they're going to find one this week, one wonders whether this is too much of a rush to, to really fill those shoes uh, that maybe could be applied by looking more broadly and taking a little bit more time. I mean, remember, you and I have talked about the pace with which this this administration has done things oftentimes to its detriment. So, I mean, do we need a replacement tomorrow or Wednesday or this week? Or would it behoove the nation to spend a little bit more time, maybe vet a few more candidates? Well, first of all, major points for getting the word behoove used correctly. <laughs> and and so early in the week, that just that's gigantic. That's huge points. So thank uh, thank, thank you for that. And here's the other thing, though, Wendy, while it seems like it might be quick, 
in terms of what you're what you're saying if they were to come out and say let's do this if they truly have been looking at replacing an FBI director from day one then wouldn't you expect them to have had in the wings all kinds of possible c- candidates replacements so to oh, me absolutely yeah to me it's it wouldn't be a rush it would be the fact that uh perhaps they've been thinking about this all along and perhaps this is one of the things that they had ready and here's the candidates and maybe the dance of uh, who we're going to pick is just to to keep some people on the left at bay. I'm going to play you a, a little bitty clip, too. Uh, I go back to Chuck Schumer not long ago when the Democrats were in power, and Schumer was talking about, uh, well, because now he wants to obstruct. But if you if you look now, Schumer is saying, basically, um, we, we just want an upward... Schumer's saying he wants to obstruct unless he gets an independent investigation into Russia. But years ago, he was saying this. Risk of up or down votes in majority rule than the risk of continued total obstruction. That's the bottom line, no matter who's in power. So he's saying we prefer the up or down vote versus we don't we don't think that there's uh, there's any any need to worry about obstruction. He's saying, let's just have an up or down vote. But now when the shoe's on the other foot, when they're out of power, it's hold on, hold on, hold on. We have yes, to have the I, tapes. We, we have to know if there are tapes, and we have to have an independent investigation. And we'd prefer to have an FBI with an acting director versus letting Donald Trump have his pick. So many issues, Mike, so many issues. Let me, let me just talk about a couple really interesting points that you made. Uh, it is true the times change, and, and so do the political ideas about how things should be run. Um, I understand the, you know, the, the trying to get somebody new in there, and there should have been a lot of candidates. There actually are a lot of candidates always at all times for all positions. I mean, you remember one of the things that Trump did is they had this rollout of everybody who might be interested in any position, please apply. You can imagine there are lots of people in power that also voice their ideas and, and their interest in, in various positions. Um, one of the things, I mean, you've got people like Mike Rogers, who has FBI experience. Uh, you've got people more on the fringes. You've got those that are more in politics. But one thing nobody is talking enough about is why would somebody, let's say, you know, let's just say somebody like that already has, let me just use Neil Gorsuch as an example, lifetime tenure. Whoever's going to accept that job has to also accept the possibility that he could be fired at a moment's notice, he or she, I should say, or some females in the running as well. There are some people that would be very reluctant to give up a very good job that they have now for an uncertain future with a post like this that's always a lightning rod of controversy and that, in fact, may be a post that's changed again. He may be fired in the future. So it's one of those things where, sure, there's a lot of interest in a position like that, but there's also perhaps a little bit a hesitation for people that are very happy where they are you bring up a point i hadn't even thought but here's my question wendy and we're talking to dr wendy patrick find her wendypatrickphd.com wendy the the job of director of the fbi is a 10-year position so you come in and you get that 10-year meant to span at least two presidents to try and guarantee a little bit of uh impartiality if you will and if he's fired like the way Comey was, does Comey get a six-year golden parachute? 
See, that's just it. There's there's nothing that says you get. It's not like being fired from a television contract where you, your contract runs, but you're no longer on the air. This is not the case with the FBI director. No, those those types of things. I'm sure that there are. You know, people think about that and they they run the risk. But I feel like there are people that are afraid that they run the risk more in this administration than they would have in past administrations. In other words, it takes less to get you fired. Is some of the the thinking around some of this, and that's just based on looking at those three memos, by the way, all dated May 9th, as we talked about, uh, from last week regarding um, the circumstances that led to Comey's firing. People would argue, well, it didn't take much. If there was an indication that Donald Trump, as he says, has been thinking about it for a while, it wasn't expressed. In fact, the contrary was expressed, both by the president, by the vice president, and by some of his surrogate spokespeople, including Sean Spicer and, and Sarah Huckabee Sanders. So these are some of the things that perhaps worry those that would like to put in for a position like that that maybe aren't already on the list because it is a little bit more uncertain nowadays than perhaps it would have been in past administrations. Interesting. Interesting. So you're uh, see this. I'm t- I'm withdrawing my name from consideration because I was thinking you that 10 year guarantee <laughs> would have been good. Can, can I ask you to speculate on something uh, legally from your put your your lawyer hat on that? Not that you ever take it off. Uh, this case of this this malware that infected thousands and th- tens of thousands of computers around the world reportedly right. generating billions or at least over a billion in ransom based on the estimates we're hearing since it was NSA software that was developed and stolen do we if someone steals something from me and then uses it to commit a crime do i bear any responsibility well, part of the answer to that oftentimes depends on the steps to which you took to protect it. You know, we live in a day and age where technology is outpacing law, ethics codes, rules, regulations. One of the very first things that anybody looks at is, well, what, for example, what guidelines and what procedures, what kind of protection did somebody like the NSA or, or any organization that's been hacked, what kind of protection did they have in place against an attack like this? In other words, was it by pure negligence? or recklessness that they opened themselves up. They, they made themselves vulnerable to this kind of attack. I mean, this is eerily similar to the discussion we had about Hillary Clinton's email server last year. But it's the same kind of analysis. Is What did we do? What did you do, whoever it is that the data was stolen from, to protect that data? Particularly when we're talking about very sensitive data that needs to be protected. You would expect the most high-tech protections to be in place to protect those types of secrets. You know, we're often worried about our grid and that we're going to get hit. And we have been hit. Yeah, I almost feel like that we'd probably get hit more times than you and I hear about. But the answer to your very good question would depend on things like that. It would be an analysis of what did they do to protect it? Because let's face it, if we do everything humanly possible to protect against a certain type of attack and it manages to, to, to take place anyway, there's a lot less liability involved than there would have been if there had been an increased vulnerability due to negligence or recklessness. That's a really long lawyer answer to your really concise question, Mike. Sorry about that. No, I, I understand <laughs> it, but you know, um, yeah. Six years ago, a tree in our yard fell and crushed my neighbor's house. And the neighbor, the neighbor was, you know, thank God nobody was hurt. You know, just it was just 
stuff that got crushed, totally crushed. The house was a total wipeout. And my insurance company came out and immediately said, do you have anyone looking at these trees? And yeah, a month ago, the guy was here and said, Here's, here are the trees that need trimming. He trimmed certain trees. So we were deemed to have done the appropriate amount of care and, and preparation for whatever you could see. And this act of God took out the tree and it was nothing to do with our fault. We weren't negligent, I guess is my statement. So luckily we didn't have to deal with anything and her insurance had to pay. But, but for us taking uh, an annual review of the property with an arborist, we could have been on the hook for that though. And that's, I guess that's the, the simple answer or kind of the condensed non-lawyer answer to what you're saying. So if, if we've taken enough care, I guess we're okay. Hopefully we did take enough care at the NSA and, and put up whatever protections we needed to. But Putin you seems know, to be there's, pointing there's at there's us. Civil liability, the civil liability and criminal liability, the civil liability you described for the, the tree falling example, three words, duty of care. Uh, duty of care and then breach of that duty and then, of course, damages. That's the negligence claim. But when we're talking about national security, it's very possible with some of these high-level means of protection, there could be instances of criminal liability depending on different circumstances. It gets very complicated, but suffice it to say, the duty of care standard operates there as well. You know, no matter what kind of information we're protecting, we want to make sure, and this comes up all the time with attorney-client privileges, you can't sit at Starbucks and have private conversations because it's free Wi-Fi. Anybody can be on it. So the duty of care also when it comes to high profile and high level computer hacking, you can imagine they are held to a far higher standard than, than we would be if we're just you know, doing something that doesn't have those types of secrets for that we're trying to protect. Um, but I got to tell you, you and I are both going to be watching as this case evolves because that was some of the scariest, most frightening news that we heard over the weekend is the extent of that hack. And remember, we still apparently haven't heard the end of it. No, if if anything, uh, I think it's probably gotten the attention of more nefarious operators who are saying that's all it took. And they got how yeah, much money bet. in Bitcoin? And, you know, and this, today was supposed to be another day of hacking. Remember the, the press over the weekend? Oh, that's right. So we'll we'll see. I, I guess so we're all far, holding so our breath. Have you updated your software, Wendy? Because that's today's vital question of the day. Do you update your software when told? Well, you know, I have a Mac, and thankfully the updates uh, install themselves. But you bet I try to best I can keep up to date on all the different ways to protect yourself and your computer. Because a computer going down nowadays, that's like a car being out of service, right? <laughs> I mean, that's a oh. big deal. Your life just stops if your computer stops. So, yeah, that's good news for all your listeners, though. Everybody should make sure that they have the most up-to-date software installed and downloaded to, to, to protect the duty of care. <laughs> Regardless of what we're protecting, we need to make sure we take those steps now. It's good advice. Good advice. Her name is Dr. Wendy Patrick. She's a friend. She's a regular on this show. And you can find out more about her and her book, Red Flags, at wendypatrickphd.com. Thank you, Wendy. Have a great day. You too. Always a pleasure, Mike. And we will be right back. You're listening to Pure Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network.
Are you worried about your mom or dad living alone in their house? Hi, I'm Joan London. Listen, I know how difficult it is to find senior care for someone you love. That's why I recommend a free service called A Place for Mom. They are the nation's largest senior living referral service. Call A Place for Mom today. To receive free information on senior living communities in your area, call A Place for Mom at 1-800-803-6951. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka. Part of the next generation of talk radio on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back to Pure Opelka. We are um, trying to keep an eye on today's press briefing. Amid all the reports, and I wish I had more time with Wendy, I wanted to ask her what she thinks about the big rumor that Donald Trump's about to do a major shakeup in the White House. A major, major we're talking uh, seismic shaking in the White House. People are saying everybody at the top tier could be gone. Do you think that's possible? Would Donald Trump do that 120 days into his presidency? Would he just talk about a, a, a Saturday night massacre? This is, uh, this is the story. The story of the day is that Maybe Ryan's Priebus, maybe Steve Bannon, maybe Sean Spicer. At least that top tier could be gone. And one of the names that's popped up in terms of uh, possible possible spokesperson is Kimberly Guilfoyle from Fox News. Sarah Huckabee Sanders has been filling in, and I thought she was doing an okay job. But maybe, maybe Donald Trump wants to put a little more uh, glitz in his presentation, as it were. And Kimberly Guilfoyle would certainly do that. And she's no stranger to dealing with live situations. So that might be happening. I, I don't know, based on what I've heard, and we have asked everybody that we know, what, what's really going on here? Is this a possibility? I'd have to go back and look and see if anyone had wiped out their top tier like that this early in an administration. Spicer, if you watch him lately, doesn't look to be real happy. And in some ways, the situation with him being the butt of all the jokes on Saturday Night Live is not playing well with the president. And then you add into it last week's, well, can we call it anything other than kind of a a screw-up when he was hiding in the bushes. There are people putting, putting just pictures of Sean Spicer's head, life-size pictures of Sean Spicer's head in bushes around D.C. And guess what? They're getting back to the president. So the guy who's representing you, the guy who is viewed as your mouthpiece, is kind of being depicted as a bit of a joke. So it's not just that, that Saturday Night Live has him on on blast it's not just that he's he's being shown as the marquee comedy on snl in a record-breaking year but now now you've got people everywhere putting spicer's head in bushes and and sending it back to people and you know they're hitting donald trump's twitter account and you know when he's unsupervised and checking out his tweets and the responses he's seeing some of that 
I think Spicer's on the thinnest ice. And very close to him is Steve Bannon. And maybe, just maybe, Priebus at arm's length. And when could it happen? The president's going to leave the country at the end of the week. Would he do it as he was leaving town? Maybe. We'll see. Come on back. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. You're also listening to the host who nine weeks ago changed his life by trying something I should have started nine months ago. I'm talking about Relief Factor. If you want to know more, go to relieffactor.com. We hear so many stories from so many people that listen to this show and have told us, I got my left back. I can I can bend down and, and tie my own shoelaces. I can get down on the floor because I'm not in pain anymore. Relief Factor, it's an all-natural anti-inflammatory that I take three times a day. And they prepackage it. The easiest way to test it, get the three-week quick start pack. It's $19.95. Most people see results in about seven days, 10 days. Mine was day eight. I was taking hand, handfuls of those gel cap pain relievers because I have bad knees and a bad back and bad hips from too many years of running too many long distances. And in my late 50s, it was feeling bad until Relief Factor came around. And now that pain is gone. I am not taking any pain relief medicine. Nothing. Not prescription, not over-the-counter, nothing. And it's because I called Relief Factor, 800-500-8384, 800-500-8384. It is Relief Factor. You can find it at relieffactor.com if you need more information. Don't be suffering. You don't need to. It's all natural. It's, it's your body is going to say, yes, it's, it's helping me. Relieffactor.com. Check it out. We were... We're looking at all kinds of things, and uh, I was challenged by the booth in Dallas uh, when I mentioned that Kimberly Guilfoyle might be might be bumping Sean Spicy Spicer out, and uh, so I I said, yeah, I took a picture with Kimberly Guilfoyle last year in Cleveland. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. Well, I just found it, Mister Shamat. You're going to see it. So uh, who? Who doesn't appreciate that, right? So I will, I'll, you know what, I'm, I'm going to repost it on Twitter and say perhaps, perhaps a new White House press person and then I'll get the, the no thank you from Kimberly Guilfoyle's lawyers, right? You know, Wednesday on this show, we talk with Dr. Jorge Rodriguez and Dr. Jorge and I actually do plan out the topics that we cover when we when we have our Wellness Wednesday segments, and uh, Dr. Jorge and I were trying to figure out what's 
what's the best way to go for this week? And I suggested, I suggested um, a topic that, that he didn't jump on right away. And it's, it's called, um, well, I, I don't know if you're ready for this one. He wants to talk about opioid addiction, which is a, a big topic for me. I think opioid addiction is, is something we need to address. And so we're going to cover opioid addiction on Wellness Wednesday this week with Dr. Jorge. But I've also asked him to look into the, the rise in sleeping butt syndrome because this apparently is a thing. Are you sitting too long? You could be, you could be someone who now has gluteal amnesia. I, I'd never heard about gluteal amnesia. And apparently, if you're, if you're in the same chair too long, this can cause damage to the muscles, the, the very large muscles, the biggest muscle group in the body, the gluteus maximus. But the glutes, if they're inactive for too long, it becomes harder for them to engage and move, which leads to pain in the lower back and hips and knees and poor posture. So sitting around for hours can also lead to, I, I don't want to get too clinical here, a flat behind. They say that flat butt syndrome is also part of sleeping butt syndrome. I did not know that we had sleeping butt syndrome, but there it is. Uh, the, the, other, um, the other topic that we're going to get, I'm going to wait I'm going to wait for Dr. Jorge to get deep into sleeping butt syndrome because he's, he's the medical professional and, and he will, he will help us understand it and give us ideas on how to combat sleeping butt syndrome. Jeffy, um, you might want to listen to the show on Wednesday. I'm just saying, just, you know, tune in. There's also breaking news on something else that I've been fascinated by. Uh, if you if you have read the book The Hot Zone, from I guess it's about 15 years ago now, might even be longer. The Hot Zone, and there's another book called The Deadly Feast, which is is about uh, the Ebola virus and how it how it came about. Both of these are true stories. If you pick up The Hot Zone, uh, Preston's book, Richard Preston's book, and you dive into it, I guarantee you're not going to be able to put it down. And you will. I did not sleep when I first picked up the hot zone because the, the idea that something so simple as the Ebola virus could be around for tens of thousands of years lurking and just waiting for the opportunity to explode and in, infect and destroy people everywhere it's so fascinating to me because these are tiny single strand viruses that live in, in the simplest of places. And now most of the Ebola that we know about is in Africa. There's been an outbreak in the Congo and the world health organization has, has declared the outbreak. And they're saying this could be an epidemic. There are th only three people dead and only six people infected. But now they, they have like a rapid strike force that will come into the area in the Congo and try and build basically a wall around that group of people who've been exposed to it to prevent it from getting out. However, it, um, it's so far out in the middle of nowhere 
that nobody knows if somebody could have gotten through the perimeter. It took 10 days before a sample of the guy who they thought had it before his blood could get to Kinshasa and be tested. And by that time, the original patient and the guy who drove the motorcycle who took him to the hospital had died of Ebola. So anybody worried? So if it took you 10 days to get from the village where you contracted it to the city where you were, you were going to have your blood tested and you didn't make it, but 10 days, that means those, that opportunity to make contact with people all along the way means the live virus was able to possibly be passed on from village to village to village. That's just a, a small example of how this kind of a virus takes hold in a region. They said this one, and they name Ebola based on the area of the outbreak. This, this Ebola confirmed to be the same virus that they found in Zaire. And they're now giving all the health workers there protective gear. However, they're concerned that they are closing the barn door after the horse is already out. I'm just saying. This, this is a dangerous watch this situation story that uh, if we don't pay attention, uh, we're going to be having another event like we had a couple years ago when we all worried whether or not the Ebola virus was coming here to America and we had a couple of close calls. So uh, I'll watch it. We'll check in with Dr. Jorge. So this week on Wellness Wednesday, we'll obviously get an Ebola update. We will deal with the the scourge of sleeping butt syndrome and how to fight it. And Dr. Jorge wants to talk about opioids, and so do I, because it is one of the more serious problems we face as a nation and something that we should address, as you heard with Chris Coons last week. We should address on a bipartisan basis. Stepping aside, when we get back, I want to I wanna wrap up and talk about free speech again because there's a, I got a big free speech issue again hanging out there. Another case of um, liberal hypocrisy, another case of juxtaprogressivism staring us in the face. And we'll deal with it next on Pure Opelka. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. You're listening to Pure Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back to Pure Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. I hope that wasn't on the air. Shimon, tell me that was not on the air. Thank God. We were just speaking freely. And I was going to say, if it was on the air, then I would like to say, Thank you for listening to the very last broadcast of Pure Opelka. Uh, we've been having some fun today, perhaps too much fun. And I do trust Shamont Lynch more than I should. And hopefully, <laughs> hopefully this won't be the end. Uh, one of the things that just popped up is the Democrats have done exactly what we thought they were going to do. 
the Democrats have done uh, what we thought, oh, my God, they're not going to do this. But no, Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi and the Democrats have said, if you don't give us an independent investigation into Donald Trump and the Russian situation, we are not going to let you have an FBI director approved. Now, I don't know if they have the votes to stop it because the Democrats set up the situation where uh, all that's needed is a simple majority, 51 votes. So Chuck Schumer, who was out this weekend running in front of cameras and uh, talking about the tapes, the tapes, we want the tapes. If uh, Donald Trump says they're they're tapes, then we want the tapes. We have to have the tapes. Don't take my word for it. This is uh, Chuck Schumer. If there are tapes, the president should turn them over immediately. To destroy them would be a violation of law, but he should turn them over to Congress and to the investigators. Trump may have trolled the left brilliantly when he did appear to threaten Jim Comey. When he said the the FBI director, Jim Comey, better hope there are no tapes. And he used quotes around the word tapes. If there aren't any, he brilliantly trolled the left. I didn't like the threat. I still see it as a threat. But uh, Donald Trump and those, those tape comments have gotten the left just totally out of sorts. Completely out of sorts. So w- we shall see where that goes. Now, did you notice, did you notice the, the story on The Blaze this weekend about Maxine Waters? Yes, the uh, congresswoman from California who is so often giving us so many wonderful, wonderful quotes. Maxine Waters had a town hall in her, her district this past weekend. And uh, a bunch of uh, pro-Trump people showed up and one of them started heckling and got thrown out. And while I don't endorse that, I understand why you may want to do it. But while she was there at her own town hall, the woman who has called for the impeachment of Donald Trump more than anybody in yelling impeach 45, impeach 45. Well, she got a dose of... uh, impeachment, a dose of her own medicine. For example, on a bus bench outside of the place where she was speaking, someone put up a perfectly sized bus bench banner that reads, two scoops of ice cream is not fair. Impeach Trump, Maxine Waters. Obviously making fun of the statement that Donald Trump gets two scoops of ice cream when everybody else gets one. Uh, Also, at the corner of the intersection where Maxine Waters was holding her town hall at the Inglewood High School, someone changed the street signs to read, Impeach Maxine Waters, and uh, illegals hurt hurt citizens. And it also said, and it said, illegals hurt blacks. And so Maxine Waters also had a poster of her own face that said, Poverty Pimp that was put out that it said sanctuary schools deny legal students. So Maxine Waters got a dose of a little bit of street justice. I think it's from the artist known as Sabo, who we've seen uh, everywhere. 
he's a little unhinged in some ways. I would have invited him on the show, but I don't think we have a long enough dump button to save you from what Sabo might say about Maxine Waters. But just know that the the ironic artwork is up there. It's on the blaze if you want to see it. I should tweet out a link to it. Uh, tomorrow, tomorrow we're going to uh, have a little bit of fun as we continue to try and skewer the the Democrats for their temper tantrum about the independent investigation. I'm betting it happens. But for them to say that they're not going to permit the president to nominate and get approved an FBI director, that just goes back to the actual opposite of what, um, of what Donald, of what Chuck Schumer said when he said we'd prefer an up and down an up and down vote. And to answer microaggressor on Twitter, no, we were joking around in the break. So apparently something did get out over the air. Shamont, you and I have to talk. The rest of you, testudo, my friends. Testudo. Pure Opelka with Michael Pelka on the Blaze Radio Network.